<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Great to have you with us. We're all about truth, justice, and the American way here. And let's start with a startling new entry in the truth column. Puppet President Joe Biden who never ceases to meet the lowest of expectations, especially when it comes to truth. Before now, Biden's attorneys, the FBI, and the National Archives hadn't disclosed how many boxes had been in the Penn Biden Center in Washington. Now, Fox News reports that Biden's attorney, Patrick Moore, shipped at least nine boxes from the Biden Center to Moore's office up in Boston. And we're learning about it now thanks only to Senator Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley. Nine more boxes, and we don't know what they contain. It's not unreasonable, of course, to assume there are some classified documents. Biden does have a history, doesn't he? And apparently no one has gone through those boxes, or at least so they say. Outrageous. And the Marxist Dems in the Senate have reintroduced a resolution that would claim the date of March 1st, for the national, quote, COVID-19 Victims Memorial Day. The resolution was first introduced in August of 2021, but wasn't passed. You'll be pleased to know this new resolution is far more gender neutral than the original. It replaces the words mother and father with the word parents and brother and sister with the word siblings. Isn't that thoughtful? Everything the Marxists do is politicized and, where possible, weaponized against decency, the traditional family, truth, and the American way. The Marxists are doing all they can to stop President Trump, but their corruption is being revealed more by the day. Those nine boxes, they're just more reason to demand that the Biden cesspool and the Justice Department drop altogether their efforts to prosecute President Trump trying to block his path to return to the White House. The president successfully doing what he must do to defeat the billionaire oligarch donors and the rhino candidates they will trot out to run against him. A tough battle is underway, but President Trump is winning in these early rounds, whether it be his dominating win in the CPAC straw poll or his general poll numbers that show him to be not only the leader of the Republican Party, but he's retaining as well his high favorability lead with his base, and he's gaining momentum. Our guest today is the man who first warned President Trump about the Russian collusion hoax. He served 20 years in Congress. Devin Nunes joins us now. Devin is the chief executive officer of Trump Media and Technology, including the properties Truth Social and Rumble. Devin, it is great to have you back with us here on the show, and welcome. Devin, what is your reaction to President Trump's positioning now in the Republican Party and his popularity with the people who matter most, Republican and independent voters? Well, Lou, it's great to be back with you. And what's obvious whenever you travel around the country, which I do a lot of on behalf of True Social, you see Trump 2024 flags everywhere. You know, and in fact, you know, we're headquartered in Florida. And when I when I drive across the state, 
you know, from our headquarters, which is on the Gulf side, over to Mar-a-Lago to see the president, you know, you see Trump 2024 flags everywhere. And so I think what we're looking at here is an unprecedented political movement. It started as Donald Trump, the outsider, back in 15 and 16. Nobody really gave him a chance. And then he, sh- he shocked the world. And then by doing that, he really pulled the Band-Aid off of all the corruption, which likely existed that the left was doing it to George W. Bush, was doing it to you know, during all the Obama years. And nobody expected somebody like Trump to, number one, to win. But then number two, he operates outside the norms. And he would just call them out on things. And now where we're at, Lou, is that over, over the four years that Trump was president, he shocked everybody by actually doing what he said he was going to do, even though he didn't get full cooperation from, from all the Republicans in Congress and, of course, lost control of Congress for the last two years. But he actually did the things he said he was going to do. And probably the best example of that is taking on China, Nobody thought he was going to take on China, including me, because I've heard every single president say we're going to get tough on China, and I'll be damned if he didn't do it. And I think a lot of the credit goes to, you know, some of some of the president's people that he picked from the very beginning were rock stars. And, you know, everybody talks about the people who didn't work out or that turned on Trump. You know, Trump didn't have a lot of connections to Washington, D.C., didn't know how the swamp operated, didn't know all the players. But I will tell you, Ambassador Robert Lighthizer does not get the credit that he should get. I mean, he was probably one of the best people in the Trump administration. I mean, they took on China. And, yeah, I agree. You know, and I, President Trump, as you know, in his, in, his, in his heart, in his bones, he does not like to see the empty factories spread throughout the Rust Belt. And I think that resonates with people. And then you saw how he was attacked by the FBI, the DOJ, every level of government. And what it's turned into, Lou, is simply just a movement. So I like to tell people, look, not only, you know, I, I know a lot of these people that are either running for president or, or, or pretending like they're going to run. And I just say, look, good luck, guys. I mean, we haven't had a political movement like this. And you're not dealing with somebody who is your average, your average Joe and even your average Joe politician. As you know, Lou, I mean, Donald Trump works seven days a week. He's never off. He's always on. You may not like everything he says, but you know what? He's out there working. He's out there swinging the bat. And that's going to be tough for anyone to get around. And I think that's what you saw at CPAC last week. And I've got some other fun stories that I can share with you, but I'll pass it back to you. No, I, I, I just want to agree with you about Robert Lighthizer. I, and I had some uh, relationship with uh, a number of people in the administration. None, in my opinion, compared to Robert Lighthizer in his intellectual depth, his knowledge, and his commitment to the president's direction to bring that trading relationship with China into balance, uh, if including uh, the, the in, uh, inception of uh, those tariffs that uh, the president wanted put on. Uh, people, uh, I, I just want to agree absolutely 100% with you about his role and how important it was if the president had had a cabinet full of Robert Lighthizers, a, a, an administration, an executive office building filled uh, with uh, Robert Lighthizers. Of course, his talents are so rare, you couldn't fill it more than a couple more offices, maybe. But he's, he, he would have made all the difference in the world. 
uh, because some of the choices the president, as you alluded to, made some bad choices. And the result was that with all of the fire, the incoming from the left, from the deep state, uh, it, it was a miracle that uh, President Trump got done uh, what he did, which was more than any president in modern American history. I think that's right, Lou. And, you know, uh, it, and you hear this a lot, that one of the advantages that President Trump has coming back in is that when when he lost and then he set up on the outside, um, you know, these groups form the America, different America first groups, you got the America first legal with Stephen Miller, and then you've got the America first group that, that uh, Linda McMahon is chairing. You know, this is a situation now that, that, you know, when President Trump, you know, if he's successful again, you know, he'll go in with a whole stable of people uh, that he didn't have before. Before he just thought that, hey, when I get to D.C., you know, there's just a lot of good Republicans and the party apparatus will help me out. Well, he knows that's not the case. And so nobody is ready to go into battle with the right people in place like Trump is now, not to mention that, you know, like he said at CPAC you know, the other day, I mean, he's, you know, he's he's really a man on a mission and he knows, you know, I see the fake news making a big deal about, uh, you know, his, his point that he made at CPAC is that, you know, so many Americans were done wrong, right? Whether it's General Flynn and all the people wrapped up in the Russia hoax or, you know, January, the January 6th people who are being treated differently than, than anyone else or all the ridiculous investigations uh, that are that are underway not right now in the DOJ with the with the documents the Mar-a-Lago documents hoax, uh, the Ukraine impeachment hoax it goes on and on, and Donald Trump says, look, I'm the guy who's gonna who's gonna get retribution, uh, and they and the fake news they go crazy with that. It's like, well, what the hell do you expect? Like you you expect all of us just to take this to sit here and take it? Like this is not the Republican Party of old. You know, we see, I mean, I was there, Lou, for, for, for two decades, and I saw the degradation and the weakness in the Republican Party, and it really just manifested itself uh, during the Trump administration. You really cut the, you know, the, the men from the boys, so to speak, if we can even say men and boys anymore. And to this point, I think there's every reason for those of us on the right in this country to assert our values and to steadfastly. Uh, pres uh, preserve them uh, pers uh, and persevere uh, against the left in this country, as you're talking about. I I, I have to say, go. On, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna just gonna point out. I know this is not what you had me on to talk about, but I think you know. I'm obviously I spend a lot of time in Florida now at our at True Social headquarters, but you know I still spend a lot of time in California. My family lives in California. My wife and children and. And I'll tell you, Lou, this, you know, so it's kind of the heart of, of progressive uh, craziness, although I'm in the middle of the state, so we're a little less impacted by it. But but I just don't believe, I think what's happened here is, is you've got the fake news, which is doing the typical fake news stuff. They're talking about this with the hard progressive left, which is probably, I mean, probably even in the state of California, it's less than five, maybe 10% of the population that really believes in this crazy stuff. And what's happening is, is that they just, they, they've, especially in California, they've managed to cut off 55%, 60% of the population from real information, right? And they've done this successfully so by not just controlling the fake news, but also controlling the delivery of the fake news, which is the social media companies. And so you've got 55, 60% of Californians 
who are running around like, okay, we're told to vote Democrat. We're going to vote Democrat. We know the Republicans must suck because we hear that every single day. But you know what? If those, if, if those people, I have to think a big percentage of those people, even in California, as crazy as this sounds, if, if you went to them and said, hey, did you know that the, the progressive Democratic socialist left that, that has full control over the state of California wants to give reparations to black people in California, even though the state of California never had a slave and fought on the side of the, the union, uh, they actually want to increase the amount from 250 to, I don't I think it's 350 now. And did you know that they're fighting to say that there's, you, you can't use he or she anymore? There's, there's no difference between boys and girls and that people can decide uh, what sex they are and that they have rights, special rights, in the state of California, and they want to—they want to take this not only nationally but but globally. Do, do you know about this? I think the answer, Lou, would be they would just sit there glass-eyed and be like, um, "Lou Dobbs, Devin, what the hell are you talking about? There's, I never heard any any such thing." Well, we, so I think it's just a matter of 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 information getting to the people. I, I have to think even the people of California would say they have no clue this is going on. No clue. I think you're right. I'm just looking down here at uh, Twitter. Uh, and uh, Elon Musk, who has been, uh, and by the way, I think he has truly been at various points a champion of free speech. But I'm just checking to see how many followers I have right now. And I want to give everybody a, a, a correct update on this. And uh, if I can get this number up here. Um, it's 2 million, almost 2.4 million uh, followers. And it's been that way for quite a while. And if I go to the analytics right now, and I, there's a point to this, believe me, folks, bear with me. The analytics for uh, this show that last month, I had something like 6,000 followers, new followers, which is a, a very small number for what is typical uh, for the show, because I'm being shadow banned is the point. Under the, Elon Musk, who is supposed to be all better than all of those Twitter critters who preceded him in one fashion or another, because they are shadow banning me because I am a conservative and I am for Donald Trump and I am for America first and MAGA. I, I'm all I, traditional founding values. I believe fervently in the constitution, the rule of law, that makes me a dangerous, dangerous ex extremist in the minds of the rhinos, as well as what you call the progressive left. Uh, by the way, I don't refer to Democrats as the progressive left. I'm calling them what they are. They are Marxist. Uh, Devin, there's no doubt in my mind. And I will not give them the word progressive because they're not progressing anything. They are destroyers. They are putting this country back decades uh, with all of their stratagems, which are Marxist in, in both design and effect. Your thoughts? Uh, well, look, I totally agree. I mean, we're the, in California, you know, we're really the guinea pig, especially where I'm from in the San Joaquin Valley of California, kind of the middle of the state, the agricultural area. A lot of what you see of the, of the hard left, Marxist left, and I, I totally agree with you on that, that def definition, but a lot of these, like the crazy environmental policies, started started here in California. It started 20, 30 years ago, and gradually it took shape in, in Washington, D.C. and the rest of the country. And many parts of the country have not really seen the impact 
of these Marxist policies that come out of California. The same, Lou, is true for this whole transgender issue. I mean, it started in California, gosh, I'm thinking maybe 10, 15 years ago, roughly, where they made a big deal about about making sure that that boys could use girls' bathrooms at school. You may you may remember some of that. So that what started here, and they just continue they just continue to push these these policies forward. And and look, as it relates to Twitter and Elon Musk, I think the way you have to look at this is that you know, hey, we're we're very thankful that that Elon Musk. When I say we, President Trump and I, were very supportive of Elon Musk buying Twitter. You know, because the goal at True Social is to is to open up the, Ameri- the open up the internet in order to give the American people their voice back, and we've successfully done that. Right over the last year, if you look at where we've come from, you know, we operate without using an Amazon or you know a Microsoft or any of the big major tech tech tyrant companies. We don't use any of that, Lou. Between True Social and Rumble. We have our own enclosed system where we're not reliant on these big tech companies. And no matter how hard they, they attack us, everything they do to us, they say, you know, so many you know, fake news stories about us. But, you know, here we are standing, coming out with features, continuing to grow every day. And I think what Elon Musk is, is, is seeing is that, you know, Twitter, which is kind of a relic platform that goes back to, gosh, I think they started Twitter in 2006 or seven and. I know I, I went onto the platform in 2009, and what they successfully did over the years is they, they built a, a wicked web of algorithms into their software that they can't fix. And so even though Elon Musk has, has said, hey, I don't want any of this to happen, it's like, how do you fix it? And I saw an interview that he, that he did that said, you know, they may have to rewrite all the code. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that's true, but that's what he that's what he said. And if you take what we've done, which is entirely different with our feed, is that we don't use an algorithm. The feed is the feed. Lou, if you post at 12 p.m. and I post at 1230, I'm going to be first in someone's feed and you're going to be second. There's no algorithm. There's no getting rid of there's no there's no putting Devin Nunes under Lou. There's no putting Donald Trump in front of us. It's just the order is the order. And that, if you may remember, that is how Facebook and Twitter used to operate. It right. used to just be in chronological order. But what started with, hey, we're going to use algorithms to improve your experience, turned into, well, we're going to define what we think your experience should be, exactly. and we're going to deem Lou Dobbs as not good information, so we're going to suppress him. And I think now Twitter's kind of reached its its peak. Everybody who wants to be on Twitter is on Twitter, and they have a problem now of of, of just fixing all of that code. So you know, I don't know if they're ever going to return, you know, to what what they once were. Um, but look, we're we're just going to continue. True Social is going to continue to work with great partners like Rumble, and we're going to keep this internet wide open. We're going to stand in the breach, and we're going to support people like Elon Musk and anybody else who wants to wants to fix this problem moving forward. Well, I'm glad to hear that because uh, we're we're planning to come over to Rumble very quickly here, uh, and I, I may call to get s- some advice if I may. But uh, it, it's it, it's really a different experience on, as you say, Truth Social and Twitter. 
Uh, let me just read you the tweet that I sent. Uh, sure, Elon Musk, at La, uh, this is the way I tweeted this out. Sure, at Elon Musk is shadow banning me, even worse than the old Twitter critters, but what she's done with SpaceX is absolutely thrilling, historic, and central to America's space program. Uh, he's routinized rocket launches, every one of them a thrilling hoot. But here's the reality. Twitter is still, and by the way, you mentioned information not good. What, what we And I really think all of us on the right should be very careful about these words. It isn't that the information isn't good. It is simply that the viewpoint is opposite the Marxist left, and they are not tolerating it. And they're, they're crushing it. They're crushing it in schools. They're crushing uh, the homogeneity uh, of, uh, 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 excuse me, the, the, the homogeneity of this country uh, in favor of multiculturalism which would be fine if it were transitional. It, but they want that to be the result. That is balkanization of America rather than a pluribus unum, you know, out of many one. Uh, and, and this is, yeah. and the, they want the family destroyed and, they're, and they are doing very well uh, with it with two, two Marxist organizations called teachers unions, the two largest, destroying public education in this country. You know, it's funny you mentioned, I haven't heard that term in a while, multiculturalism. You know, when I was in college, that was the new thing. That was the big thing. And they were, they were teaching us that in college. And, you know, back in those, in, in those days, it, you know, it, it sounded a little bit ridiculous, but it's like, okay, look, you know, there's, there's a lot of different cultures and we need to, you know, we need to accept all the cultures. Got it. No problem. It, you know, but hey, we're all Americans. It, it, it just didn't seem that extreme at the time when I was in, when I was going to college, but now you see, they turn what, Hey, we should just all be aware of everybody and accept everybody's differences. And, and I actually think it's important to recognize like, Hey, instead of just calling yourself a Hispanic or a, or a or Latino, you know, that's kind of a, a something made up by the left wing because everybody exactly. has an origin. Everybody has a family that came from somewhere, right? They love to, you know, if you, if you came from, you know, Brazil, you're a hell of a lot different than somebody that came from Chile or somebody who came from even within Mexico. There's a huge difference. I mean, I went to school with so many people who had family in Mexico or, or originated from Mexico. They didn't say, oh, we're, you know, when I'm talking about when I was a kid, they didn't say, oh, I'm a, I'm a Latino or, and they sure as hell didn't say, I'm a Latinx. They sure as hell didn't say that. What they did say is they'd say, oh, I'm from, you know, my, I've got my grandmother came from Tijuana and my grandfather was from Guadalajara. Like, it'd be just like in the United States saying, Lou, like we, like we were talking about, like, you know, you spent so much time in New Jersey, right? And I've, I'm California. People have pride in that kind of thing. But, yeah. but now what they've, and, and everybody around the world has pride of where their ancestors came from. There's nothing wrong with that. But what, that was 30 years ago, has now metamorphed itself into, Oh, if you're a LGBTQ plus brown, green, whatever, uh, you need to be a Latinx. We're going to call you a Latinx, and you've been discriminated against, and you need to get reparation. I mean, it's absolute madness where we come in in 30 years that I can't even think, I can't even believe it. What was multiculturalism is now craziness. Right. Well, I'm a product of the '60s. I mean, that was the era of uh, Vietnam, civil rights, the sexual revolution. Uh, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Those folks who were talking about uh, the the society that they were upending, uh, 
uh, in, in the 60s, they would not have had any idea that all of that could become what we have today, which is mind control, absolute insistence upon conformity on the part of the Marxist left, certainly, uh, and the uh, and the hollowed out now Democrat Party, which had to make room for Marxism, uh, they would never have believed this. It is the Marxists are totalitarian, they are authoritarian, and they will not rest until this country is no longer a constitutional republic, no longer a, a democracy known as the United States of America. We may be known as the States of America, uh, but it will be a Marxist form of government. Yeah, it's it's um, it's really moving that way. That I mean, there's no question. And if you think about, you know, the 1960s, you know, I wasn't I wasn't alive then. But you go know, ahead, you rub, it in. rub it in, rub it in, Devin. Come on. <laughs> but but Lou, you had you actually had legitimate issues going on during that time period, right? Number one, you had a you had a war w- waging that was you know. At first, remember that it was it was not a war; it was a secret war, right? In the in the early '60s, when they first went into Vietnam, and the American people didn't know about it, and we started losing lives over there. And then it was a, then it was a war, um, and then we had so many people that got you know killed or injured over there, Americans, and nobody knew what the hell we were even doing there or how we got in, in into that mess. Um, and at the same time, we were dealing with real problems, you know, not in California, I must say. But no question, there were still there were there was still segregation of of schools, you know, in the 50s and the in the in the early 60s. I mean, that's a legitimate concern. That by the way, the Republicans are the ones who worked to free the slaves, and they were the ones who carried this legislation forever because it was a legitimate problem. But now what's happened is instead of like seeing that hey, we've solved the problem, and how do we make things even better, we've went to oh no no. You know, even though, you know, you've been oppressed, you know, maybe I mean, I get a kick out of out of, you know, I, I it, it tends to be you see a lot of a lot of people that are um, that come from Africa, that, that immigrants from Africa. Right. Uh, and so not people, not not Americans, not African-Americans, but people that come first generation. And um, it's just funny how they tend to be so much more conservative. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. But they tend to be so much more conservative, and they're so happy to be here, and they're and they're working, and they don't sit around going, "Oh, well, there used to be segregation, and there was slavery in the United States, so poor me, like I'm going to protest the government." It's like, no, they're happy to be here. They're out there working hard, and there's just such a such a difference between what the radical left, what they do to these to to, to young people, no matter what you are. I mean, if you're if you're if you're, they try to put you into a group and into a box, and say. You've been disadvantaged, therefore, and we're the ones that are going to help you. You need to be pissed off, and you need to vote for us because we're going to get you free stuff yeah. versus, you know, people that just come over here. You know, they come into the country, and they want to work. They want to work hard. And, and you know, I mean, I just look at it as, I mean, hell, I grew up in, a, in the San Joaquin Valley, and, you know, we had, you know, not a lot of people were, you know, really born in the San Joaquin Valley because it's just been a growing area. It was an agricultural area. I mean, hell, we had kids from – you know, Okies. We call them Okies because that's what they called themselves. They were they were they were from the Dust Bowl era. You may remember, you know, John Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath, uh, you know, famous famous book. But that's where I grew up. You know, we had kids that came from Oklahoma and, and from and from Arkansas, or their parents did. You know, during the Dust Bowl, 
And we had kids that came from, a lot of kids that came from Mexico. We had a lot of kids, you know, like me, that their families came from, from the Azor Islands. You know, everybody came here. You worked in agriculture. It was a nice place to grow up. Nobody sat around saying, oh, my God, we've been oppressed, and, uh, and we think the government should give us something. It's like, no, the, you're it's like, hey, we're just happy to have a job, and our families are happy to, yeah, but- to, to feed our families. And that's the spirit of America. It's not what the what the left is pushing and trying to create all these different you know boxes of people right. that then turn into uh, essentially it's, they're trying to create these these phony voting blocks. Yeah, you know they are, but the they needs to be I think better defined. I, I think we can't just put it all at the hands of the uh, of the left wing Marxist in this country who grew up during the 60s and handed off to the Obama generation, and now uh, this this generation, uh, which is just being filled with fatuous nonsense, posing as reason and some basic knowledge. Uh, the, the reality is that corporate America in this country, that was the hand, uh, you know, went hand in hand with the Republican Party, the Chamber of Commerce and the Business Roundtable. You, you were a congressman for, what, 20 years? You know mm-hmm. all of this, but most people don't understand. Corporate America, through through its voice on television, is sending all of the wrong messages to American families, all of the wrong messages over every medium I can think of. I don't personally find a single exception, uh, except for podcasting, of course, and social media. We'll, we'll in respect to, to you and to me, uh, everywhere else. Corporate America are sending tragic, awful messages to the American people. They're beating them down. Uh, everyone, every time you see a, a, a man uh, who's a head of a family on a, a commercial, he's a fool, uh, is, uh, acts a fool. Uh, families are discordant and, uh, and just simply, uh, most of them just pictured as uh, stupid uh, gatherings uh, on, on the screen. It's outrageous. Well, here's, here's the, it's outrageous what corporate America is doing. So here's the, well, here's the positive news on all that. Uh, on one hand, you're right. You've got, and, and let's just talk dollars and cents. And I was in Washington, D.C. talking about this. So you podcasting, me running True Social, um, other companies like Rumble, and there's, there's probably a lot, you know, there's, there's probably, you know, the top 500 to 1,000 different podcasters, companies, talk show hosts. What the left has successfully done is they've, they've blacklisted so many people in America where what they do with the woke corporates is that they tell them, well, look, you don't want to be advertising with, you know, uh, Breitbart or the Daily Caller or just the news or Lou Dobbs or, or True Social because, you know, they've been deemed by these independent fact checkers as, you know, being fake or false information. And so – they're very clever. The left has been very clever how they force these corporate boards to to adhere to this radical philosophy. And I think that's one thing that has definitely happened over over you know my time that I spent in Washington is watching that happen. And now being at a, at a startup you know here at True Social, you know we see that now every day as as we've started to to test and beta test our advertising platform. Uh, it's kind of odd, Lou, even though we've got. You know, millions of users, kind of strange. I don't see the same advertisers that you see on, say, you know, the the network news uh, right. uh, folks or 
you know, it's just, I mean, look, I'm being facetious here. We know why. The, the, so the good thing is we're on top of it. We know it's happening. And now we, now we know what to, now we know what to go, go after. And I was in Washington, D.C., making my former colleagues aware of this. Like, guys, forget all this other stuff. You need to look at the two to $300 billion a year that's going to go to Internet advertising. And they're, the left is successfully starving all of these small businesses. Right. I mean, you're a small businessman, Lou, I mean, you know, right. in, in the podcast business and they're starving all of these companies of, of dollars. Now, the good news is, is that these fact check groups will melt. They will melt and fall apart. You're already starting to see it. A couple of it's already happened to uh, just in, here in the last few weeks. And I think if the Republicans in Congress really start to look at these fact check groups that are that are working to blacklist um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of conservative small businesses across this country that are in the media, in the media sphere, uh, it's going to backfire. And in fact, and I'll just kind of close with this, Lou, and, and see if you agree with me or not. Um, what I've noticed, if you go back to, let's, let's take 2016, mm-hmm. when Donald Trump, you know, running for president, you had the network news, you had the three cable, the cable uh, channels, um, you had the big radio guys, the Rush Limbaugh, Hannity, et cetera, like Mark Levin. They were all there. At that time, and then you had Facebook, basically. It was Facebook, a little bit of Instagram, a little bit of Twitter. And you had some local news. You know, if you were running for office locally, you had a little bit of local news and, and the, you know, the, big, the big news outlets. That's it. That's all you had back in 2016. But because the left string, put a stranglehold over all of that, what it's creating, like they're squeezing this and they think they have it all enclosed, but the opposite is happening. The opposite is happening. What's happening is, boom, Lou Dobbs starts up and has podcasts, right? Boom, True Social appears. Boom, Rumble appears, right? I was at CPAC on, on uh, Thursday, and I, I, you won't believe, well, you'll believe it, Lou, but, uh, you know, the tradition of CPAC is you walk in there, you know, I've done it every single year. And immediately you get hounded by 10, 20, 30 fake news reporters from the from really the relic news media services. And they run up to you and say, oh, you're a right wing uh, festival here. Not these, you know, the, the usual bullshit questions you get. Right. Right. And anyway, so a guy comes up to me. He's generally been a nice guy. I've known him for for many years. He's a he's a fake news guy. And I was there on Radio Row, which, Lou, you've been there many times. So you know what I'm talking about. It's at CPAC where all the. The, the you know talk show guys are all all outside and he says to me he says don't you uh don't you think it's strange that there's no major major uh media outlets that are here this year you know in the in radio row and i'm, and I'm thinking to myself what was called radio row i don't know if they have a new name for it now but that's kind of the nickname for it right and i looked at him and then i looked down and i looked i looked one way and i saw i mean just Podcaster after podcaster after Newsmax after OAN after Epic Times, after, you know, just down the line, they're all there. And I said, what are you talking about? Well, there's no, you know, you don't see the, the major news outlet. I don't know what he's telling was getting at. But look, I've never seen him, but I said, if I were you, I said, this is the new journalism. All the, this row and, and, and down that, and then I pointed down the other way. This is journalism, my friend. This is the, the new rise of independent journalism. I said, I don't know what you're doing, but you're asking me a stupid question right now because you're working for a relic. Nobody cares what you're going to say. I like you, but, but I mean, I don't know what you're looking at. 
this is it. And then lo and behold, now, Lou, let's just take on Saturday night, Donald Trump's speech on Rumble. So he posted it on Rumble, just Donald Trump's channel, not including all the other channels. And you'll appreciate this, Lou, because you're a, because you're a, uh, you know, you've been around and you know the ratings business. You know that Donald Trump, as of today, check this morning, he's, he's over 2.3 million views just on his Rumble channel wow. of his speech from, from Saturday night. 2.3 million. And that doesn't include everything else. So the landscape is, is changing and changing rapidly. And, I, and, you know, I'm just proud to be part of it. Well, you ought to be because you're you're building a, a terrific, terrific competitor uh, that is sorely needed in in social media, as you well know. Uh, and, and President Trump, I have to I have to I know that uh, you're close on time, but if we could I, one last question, and then I'll get, ask for your concluding thoughts. We always give you the last word, but R President Trump is taking on Rupert Murdoch ferociously, uh, going after him. Uh, give us your th your thoughts on on that uh, and what it's where it heads. He's trying, it seems, to destroy uh, Fox News. <laughs> well, look, I think that 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 what people sense and from you know President Trump. First of all, on True Social, he's very clear about it, right? So I'm not saying anything that's right. any secret here. Uh, look, he thinks that and believes that Fox News is is out to is out to hurt him. And and not giving them equal time, and so and look, I, I think to some degree that is that is accurate. But as you know, Lou, there's plenty of people at Fox News that are very supportive of, of President Trump. Um, but well, you know, and I've never I've spoke to Rupert Murdoch of you know a handful of times. Um, I don't know what the truth is there, but but look, I mean, I know this. You know, if, if you just look at what. What happened to them after the election of, of 2000 and oh, I guess 2020? I mean, they they lost a lot of, of of conservatives that went over to places like One America News and Newsmax, et cetera. And I, you know, I think those are the those are the facts. And and you know, I I have to venture to guess it's because people didn't like the the movement that's out there that we talked about at the beginning of the show. The movement, this political movement that started with a guy, a business guy coming down the escalator that's morphed into the biggest, largest political movement in history that's got all kinds of followers that we talked about, people are rejecting kind of being controlled, right? I mean, they want to yeah. see if, if, if Donald Trump holds a rally, they want to see, they want to see the rally. And, you know, for whatever reason, I now look, I, I'll give Fox News credit on Saturday night. They did, they did carry the CPAC speech live, I, but that was, was the first live speech that Fox has carried in, in, uh, in two years that I'm, that I'm aware of. Yeah. And me too. I, and I was going to point that out that they carried that speech and, and, and good for them. Uh, but I do think that what everyone has to be honest about what has happened here at, at uh, uh, in the case of Fox and that is Fox is seen by most conservatives, most America first uh, Trump supporters across the country, tens of millions of them as a, uh, an election fraud denier, a 2020 election fraud denier. And that's a big deal uh, because the, the reality is straightforward. There were all sorts of things that took place that conspired to reverse what should have been the, the presidential history. That is Donald Trump in the Oval Office 
in 2021, not Joe Biden. Uh, whether you're talking, you know, any number of theories, but there are real well, facts. The obvious one, the obvious one that came out, okay, that's come out over the last couple of years, that is that is quite clear. That you know, I don't quite understand, you know, you know why people aren't covering this more, but and it, look, it gets into my realm in the social media world. Mm-hmm. Facebook put in four hundred and some million dollars that went to basically ten states. Right. That went to do what? Harvest ballots. Like just that alone, that's not right. That's not okay. And and that's why you've seen the rise of independent journalism because because the, the traditional outlets for news are not covering that. And that's why you've seen all of these people take off. Uh, the, you know, and Lou, I'll give you another example that's just that's just wild. And this is no like everybody thinks, oh right, you know, okay, Lou Dobbs is a conservative, fine. Devin Nunes is a conservative, fine. Get that. Well, then how do you explain a guy named Glenn Greenwald, who, Lou, I think you know his history. He yes, is the absolutely. guy who founded the Intercept. He's, he's very left-wing. He got ran out of the Intercept because largely because he wouldn't go along with the Russia hoax. I give him credit for that. But he probably doesn't agree with you and I on any issue, okay? But he does agree with this, that independent journalism, and I'm going to use the word, was dead. And he set out to do something about it. And if you look at what he started just in the last couple months, he's got a show on Rumble now. He comes on, I think, five nights a week. And, and Lou, he's getting somewhere anywhere from, from 250,000 viewers to 500,000 viewers. I think I've seen even some of his shows over 500,000. He set up a uh, – instead of using Substack, he's actually using a Rumble product where he, he posts his stories to his, to his own channel. And so – you can't just say this is right wing. No, this is the rise of independent journalism. And yes, it's mostly going to be from the from the from the right because we've been the ones that have been most impacted, but it's also happening on the left. And so, you know, none of these kind of old relic media companies, they can deny it all they want. Just like that story I told you about that reporter who's been around Washington, you know, obviously way too long to not see what's happening. I mean, if you just take the views and I'm just talking about what you see on just Rumble and True Social. I mean, it is staggering the 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 amount of new content that is out there. That's basically um, basically coming from in, people in you know independent journalism. People talking about getting to the truth. Well, and that and that is a wonderful wonderful trend that uh, I I think will without question continue. Uh, if I may say, uh, just in agreement with you, uh, Glenn is not only a, a left-wing journalist; he's got a uh, he is a distinguished, uh, terrifically talented journalist who I respect mightily, and I can't say that about many people on the left. But he is certainly, uh, uh, I think, uh, chief among those uh, who are uh, who are doing great things and have done great work throughout their careers. Uh, and speaking of great work throughout uh, careers, uh, we always appreciate uh, your time, Devin Nunes. Uh, appreciate you being with us. We're uh, we're we're delighted always to to learn from you whenever you take time to to join us. We appreciate it, and uh, we're going to. Uh, let your your comments be the uh, your the concluding thoughts and, and the last word, if we may, uh, just out of respect for the time uh, that I know the crunch that you're in. Thanks so much, Devin. God bless you, and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. 
Lou. It's all. It's always a pleasure. I look forward to being back on with you. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Our guest tomorrow, Senator Marsha Blackburn and Judicial Watch's Tom Fitton. Please be with us. Till then, thanks, God bless you, and God bless America.